The Revenge of the Romantics. The first twist, when we learn of the father's conspiracy, was funny, but the twist in Act 2 makes it funnier still. When the curtain opens, we see that Bergaman and Pascano's scheme has been realized. The wall has disappeared, the estates have been united, and the grounds have been altered in the fanciful manner they discussed. But not everything has gone according to plan. The honeymoon is already over for these two, who have found themselves consumed by petty annoyances. Pascano is irritated by Bergaman's whistling, contemptuous that he wears a waistcoat with a missing button, and disapproving of the way he drowns the plants in water. Bergaman can't stand Pascano's sneezing, hates how he always swings his leg like a censer, and complains about the poor, withering, water-deprived plants. Reflecting on what has become of their relationship, they realize what is missing. It had been exciting to meet as co-conspirators in secret. They felt like some kind of marauders, stealing around, stalking their prey, skirting danger, and telling lies of grudge and hate. The thrill of adventure and the fact that their friendship was forbidden were what had made it amusing. Now that they can live together in peace, they no longer feel like they are living at all. They had thought themselves so clever to play to their children's romanticism in their scheme to grow old together. Bergaman had said to Pascano, To love in secret, guilty and pursued, would please them. So I cooked up this here feud. But they too were pleased to love in secret, guilty and pursued. And now that they are together, Bergaman says, they can't want to see each other. His question to Pascano, can this be the revenge of our romantics, uncovers an irony. While they had scorned their children's romanticism and used it to their advantage, they had been every bit the romantics themselves. Now that they have been disillusioned, their children's posturing is positively unbearable. From their hiding place, they watch while the lovers assume affected poses, relive Persone's glorious conquest over ten, no twenty, no thirty men at least, and compare themselves to literature's grandest couples. If we had wondered whether Persone and Sylvette were the real romantics, they now seem downright silly. When Sylvette describes the fathers as dupes, and boasts how they never dreamed she and Persone had been meeting in secret, they can't take it anymore, and it is Sylvette's turn to be disillusioned. If her love for Persone did not depend on all the grandiose adventure and sentimental melodrama, the fact that the fathers had orchestrated it all should not make any difference. And at first, Sylvette tries to pretend it doesn't though she does ask the fathers to keep it a secret from Persone, because men are so silly. However, as soon as we see her back in the company of Persone, with the veil of adventure lifted, she behaves much the same as Pascano and Bergaman did when the wall came down. Now, his rhapsodies sound affected, and he talks too much. Now, when he wants to recite an epic in tribute to their love, she can't repress a little grunt of repulsion— and now, when he boasts of the thirty assassins he conquered, she reminds him there were only ten. When Persone then finds the bill and discovers that the abduction had been staged, he too is disillusioned. We watch them both come to terms with having watched the rainbow bubble of their romanticism pop, leaving behind the prosaic soapsuds of reality. 
Instead of a marriage royally romantic, they have one that is a duty. Instead of being akin to Romeo and Juliet, they are the safe match and the sweet young girl. Instead of great lovers braving danger, they are puppets on their father's fingers. Their idol is dead, but they still have their pride. They decide to keep up the appearance that their love has endured this revelation so that they don't seem even sillier in their father's eyes. But when Personae encounters Straffarel face to face, strikes out at him in indignation, and is summarily put in his place, he can no longer handle the humiliation, and he vows to go off and earn his romantic stripes. He vows to make himself a real romantic, to have adventures so wild that Don Juan himself will turn over in his tomb. Confronted with all this disillusionment, we're left with some important questions. Is true love real? Is it good to be a romantic?